Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening on. Today, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you guys today. Her name is Dr. Michelle Quirk. Say hi to everyone, Michelle. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad for her to be here. Um, For those of you who do not know who she is, Dr. Michelle Quirk um, is a pediatrician, but she is also a avid runner, coach, enthusiast. Um, there's so much about her and I you know, can't wait to share uh, with her uh, with you. Um, she's a certified run coach with Roadrunners Club of America, a local girls on the run coach and a dizzy world loving marathoner and um and also a triathlete you know just uh <laughs> on top of that as well and she's ran all over the country and uh, she has um a system in place called or not a system a website dedicated to uh be able to coach people and fundamentally improve their lives through the love of uh running called mindful marathon so Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Michelle. Um, I would love to start off the conversation on, um, you know, I love learning about, you know, where your story comes from and uh, how does one one person get from A to B and, uh, you know, to get to where you are. So I know that you start off as a pediatrician. Um, So tell me how you got started. Oh, sure. Well, thanks for having me, Colin. Um, So I grew up in New Jersey, and I had a a very wonderful childhood, really. Um, I wasn't sure that I wanted to go into medicine when I got to college. I went to um, a small liberal arts college in eastern Pennsylvania. And when I started, I was thinking more about going, I really enjoyed science, and I was thinking about going into research, maybe in biology or Uh, pursuing physical therapy or something like that. Um, But medical school was on the list, but I don't have any physicians in the family. So Mm. it wasn't um, maybe a a natural thought at that time. And uh, while I was at college, uh, just by by luck, my uh, advisor freshman year was the head of the philosophy department. Mm -hmm. And I had taken a you know, a class with him the first semester. And I loved it so much that I signed up for (laughs) more philosophy classes. And (laughs) I ended up uh, becoming a philosophy major. So I actually have a Bachelor of Arts. And uh, (laughs) I really, I feel like I took advantage of a lot of the things that were offered at the college. I I say that I dabbled in English and (laughs) I was very involved in the writing program as a writing tutor and I studied abroad in Scotland. Like I really just mm. kind of took advantage of everything that was offered there. And 
I did decide that I wanted to go to medical school, but it was news to me that you didn't have to be a science major in order to do that, that you, <laughs> that you could take all of the uh, required courses and, and take the MCAT and all of that, but you didn't have to be a science major. So, so that was great. I was able to kind of you know, marry the, the two loves that I had for the liberal arts and the sciences. And so I ended up, um, I went to Penn State College of Medicine in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and how I got to pediatrics is, um, I guess, much of the same story. When I started medical school, I didn't know what kind of doctor I wanted to be either. <laughs> and um, I think in my rotations, I really, I really liked most of them. I, I definitely did not feel at home in the operating room at all. <laughs> and right. so, uh, you know, the surgical specialties and anesthesia, um, those were, were probably not, not going to happen. But um, when I got to pediatrics, I really, I felt like I had found my people. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, the kids, I, I could make like the four to six-year-olds laugh at my really corny jokes, and they made me laugh. And I loved that as the, the medical team, we could make very uh, targeted interventions. And even though kids do get sick and can go downhill quickly, you can make interventions and make them better fairly quickly and kind of see see it right in front of your eyes. And I really enjoyed that about the field. So so that's how I found my way to pediatrics. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm from New Jersey. What part of New Jersey are you from? Oh, wow. Um, Monmouth County. Middletown. Oh, my God. Oh my God. So I, um, I was born in Morristown and then, um, I, my family moved to Eatontown and then Morganville and then eventually Marlboro. So that's where where my family is. Yeah. It's super close. Um, route 34, right? (laughs) That's what I remember. Yeah, uh, we were uh, sort of Route 35 and Route 36, and I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, And then, um, you know, been there for pretty much until medical school as well. Um, similar to you, um, I found out. I found out earlier on that you don't have to be a science major. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to get plenty of science in medical school anyway. So mm-hmm. why not do something different? And I mm-hmm. actually majored in psychology um, okay. and minored in economics. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah. 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 So um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how uh, people's individual stories are different, uh, are different in terms of how they come about. So mm-hmm. um so that's awesome. So um, pediatrics. So what? Um, how did you through your career um, when you first start? Um, where did um, you know? What were the type of chronic conditions that you started seeing? Um, you know, what were the current interventions um, that you implemented, and how did? running get inserted. Um, I don't know. I want you to go into um, whether it started off as a hobby or, um, and then it just kind of light bulbed into your head. Um, Oh, maybe I should start, you know, uh, teaching this and educating this to my patients. Sure. Yeah. So the, um, the journey to how I became a runner was, was also quite funny. I was not always a runner. <laughs> when I was um, in grade school, honestly, I was the kid who was huffing and puffing to get around the track. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I would, at the time, I would have considered myself active, but, but certainly not an athlete. 
I was very involved in dance. So I did, you know, ballet and tap and jazz and all of that through um, middle school, high school, even college, actually. But I I was never, um, I didn't think I was very good at running. And I, yeah, I would get out of breath. And it just wasn't much fun for me. And there was just no way that, you know, the cross country coach or the track coach was going to ask me to go out for the team. That's for sure. <laughs> mm. So I actually, I came to it. Um, I, w- I was a runner on and off through college and medical school, but didn't really run with a lot of consistency until after I was done with my residency. And um, at the time, so I finished my residency in 2012, and I was newly married. My husband and I had been married about a year and a half, and we both started new jobs in a new location. And I was studying for uh, pediatrics board exams. And at the time, my dad, um, my wonderful dad, got diagnosed with lung cancer Mm -hmm. in April of that year. And he had, I mean, basically, it was just a really tough, tough course um, and a quick downward, you know, downward spiral. And he passed away in November of that year. And that's really when I started running, which is interesting to look back on. Mm-hmm. So I, at the time I was, um, I was teaching a Zumba class at our local Y. So I was a Zumba teacher for a short period of time. And I found myself um, just taking a quick warm-up jog around the, like around the block at the Y or hopping on the treadmill for 10 minutes or so before my class. And I found that it helped to really clear my mind of a lot of thoughts and a lot of anxiousness that I was having um, just with everything else going on outside of that. And it just put me in the right frame of mind to be able to remember the choreography to be able to teach the class. And so that's how I started. Like I was just doing, you know, five to 10 minutes of a warm-up jog before my class a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And I've pretty much stuck with it since then. So my husband and I ran our first 5K in June of 2013. And we've run, you know, lots of races since then. And I think it's definitely picked up over the last couple of years. But that's really how I I came to it. And um, as to your first question, um, in pediatrics, as far as a lot of the chronic diseases, I, I guess I noticed early on that it was interesting to me that Um, adolescents and older children were getting a lot of the same diseases that I had learned about in my, you know, family medicine and internal medicine rotations and diabetes and things like that. And it was just um, such a shock to me, really. I guess I thought maybe I I wouldn't have to focus on on a lot of chronic disease of adults in pediatrics, but really that's that's not the case at all. And so... Um, I think I early on wanted to be able to kind of live what I was was telling my patients to do and telling the families. You know, I I want I was an active person, but I I really kind of delved into fitness that way. That I feel like I should practice what I preach and um, and share that with with my patients and their families. Um, yeah, it's uh, so I do family practice, and I know. Um... I know exactly what you're saying that, you know, a lot of the chronic diseases are affecting our younger generations now, you know, yeah. the, what we've learned in school. And I definitely, I've interviewed a lot of um, predecessors, you know, um, pedi- I've had maybe three other pediatricians on the show. And um, one of them has been in practice for over three decades. And uh, she 
told me that, you know, she, you know, never, never had a case of type two diabetes, um, you know, during her training and during her residency, um, until much, much later on in her career. So to be able to hear, um, you know, just kind of like an exponential type of trajectory that's affecting, um, you know, our younger generations and, you know, we have to implement better, infrastructures, foundations, and interventions in terms of how do we combat this, right? And how do we, you know, how do we keep this from going overboard, which I already think it's going overboard because we have a healthcare system that's, you know, crippling and, um, you know, no one's essentially moving. And so I think I love what you do um, in terms of uh, being able to walk your talk. You know, I'm a big proponent of being your own role model and, you know, being that community leader, you know, whether it's, you know, locally or virtually nowadays, um, you know, to be able to uh, just, just uh, model that behavior that we want for our patients. Exactly. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, yeah, so my next question is, is that um, do you did you see any changes yourself in terms of your own health journeys? I don't know if you battled any um, of your own, but um, since running, um, did you uh, see anything different or note anything different? Yeah, actually, I, I don't, I'm very lucky. I have been, uh, you know, pretty healthy my whole life. Uh, but I did notice I wear a Garmin watch and it measures, uh, you know, it's like a, a Fitbit as well, but it measures your resting heart rate. Um, and since I have really been a consistent runner, my resting heart rate has dropped probably more than, you know, 20, 20 <laughs> beats. Um, that's definitely one thing. And um, whenever I go for my annual physical, I, I would say my blood pressure has also dropped. I mean, personally, it was never very high, but it's it's now nice, nice and low. <laughs> and uh, even with um, cholesterol and things like that, I usually get that checked every year. And my HDL keeps going up and I can really, I can't say that I've changed my diet a ton, but, um, but definitely I, I bet that the, the fitness is what has helped that the most. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's always great to hear about, um, you know, obviously, you know, when you see positive changes in your patients, um, you know, you're rooting for them, but I think it's, um, me personally speaking, more impactful if you're able to experience it yourself. And so, and, and, and even the, the negative as well, like, let's just say you go for running and you injured yourself or you've had a really bad, um, you know, accident and you, you know, triumph, you know, uh, through that, at least, you know, you have the first hand experience of saying like, Hey, you know, I know what you're going through. You know, I've, you know, why don't we try a different type of terrain or different type of course, or, you know, why don't we, you know, back down from a full marathon to, you know, maybe try to do like, uh, you know, a 10 K, you know, something like that, you know, so you have a first person, uh, perspective of how to like dial it up and down. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, so my next question is, is, um, 
so how did you, you know, when you started running, where along the timeline, I think you said um, since 2013, right? Um, yes. Uh, when did you decide that, hey, let me get certified, let me be a official coach and, um, you know, walk us through that, uh, that process in your life? Oh, sure. So I think really the, it, it started because I became a student of the sport I was enjoying it so much. And I started, I think a turning point was really when I started working with my own coach. Um, And so I started working with him in 2017. And so I had been running, you know, a couple of years before that. And I had run a couple of half marathons using um, a run walk method, uh, Mm -hmm. Jeff Galloway's method, and everything was going fine. And I had reached out to him with what I thought was a simple question. <laughs> I had signed up to run the Broad Street Run, which is a 10-mile uh, point-to-point race in Philadelphia. It's really fun mm-hmm. if you haven't done it. And I had this goal that I really wanted to run it continuously. I didn't want to do the the run walk for it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just I just wanted to change it up a little bit. And so I reached out to him with that, what I thought was a simple question, and it sort of opened up uh, Pandora's box, but in a really good way. <laughs> and I think in the first year that I worked with my coach, I must have asked him no less than 500 questions. I mean, he was very patient with me when he could have just probably given me a book list to go to go read. But everything from running physiology to fueling to resting and tapering and just everything about running, I was eating it up and learning about the sport. And uh, so I think that's really becoming a student of the sport is what got me um, toward coaching. And then about probably about a year and a half ago, I found myself in a place of some burnout with my clinical job. Mm. And I met with a friend of mine who, uh, she was a neonatologist at my hospital, but she uh, now is a full-time life coach, actually. And we met for coffee, just kind of like a mentorship date, you know, to talk through some things. And after an hour of talking to her, she she pointed out very uh, astutely (laughs) that I had been talking about running and training and reading about running, uh, dabbling in writing training plans for my husband and my mother and myself and my friends. And she said, you know, have you considered becoming a coach? And I have to tell you, I just, you know, I sat back and I thought like, no, I had, (laughs) I really hadn't. I, I was at the time involved with the Girls on the Run program, but that's, you know, um, the coaches are volunteers and that's that's sort of what I was was thinking about doing and continuing. But as far as coaching my my peers and friends, I had not thought about it until she brought it up. And it was like the light bulb went, went on and I took it from there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I went home from there that day and researched all sorts of different uh, certification courses for to become a running coach or a health coach, a personal mm-hmm. trainer, like all different things, and uh, decided that the Roadrunners Club uh, was what I wanted to do. Mostly, you know, I want to work with amateur and recreational athletes like me and you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I, I decided on that one and took the course, started the website, building the website and the business. And so I launched it in the summer, so I'm fairly, fairly new as far as um, in the business world, but but it's been really exciting. But really, becoming a student of the sport is what what brought me there, I think. Right, right. And this is the summer of what year? 
Oh, uh, this past year, 2019. Oh, this past year. oh <laughs> nice. yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't say enough about the love of running and what I think you hit a really good point about being the student of the sport. And you know, we um, you know when you follow a lot of great athletes, um, uh, especially uh, you know we just recently you know had Kobe Bryant uh, pass away um, during the time of this yeah. uh, recording. Um, yes. But when you follow a lot of um, these great athletes, you could see how they mirror their um, their experiences with um, being a student of life as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just so much that I've gained from sport that I just, you know, absolutely, you know, love it. And I'm sure, you know, you would feel the same uh, way as well. Um, when you first started um, uh, the program, and probably you did a little bit of this as well before you started the, your mindful marathon, um, uh, program, uh, officially, but how have you noticed any differences in terms of your clients, um, or patients in terms of like how they felt, um, maybe some objective, um, uh, measures in terms of, you know, anything different for them? Like, what are you measuring, um, uh, uh, for, uh, I guess, you know, measures of success, or outcomes of success in terms of, um, you know, when patients or clients or customers that come to you and you're taking them through this program, what are you looking for and uh, how have people responded so far? Right. That's a great question. I, I think I'm not, I, I'm not measuring any, um, you know, objective like, like lab data or things like that, but mostly people come to me with different goals and mm-hmm. my, my goal, I really like working with um, newcomers to the sport and beginners because that that was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love to see when they make running or fitness in general just a consistent part of their life. I mean, I think that is probably the biggest <laughs> the biggest benefit because they see what it does not only for for their health and how they feel, but their mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And if they enjoy it, then they stick with it. And that's the key, I think. So I'm just trying to bring the sport to, you know, as many people as, as I can and, and realize that, you know, a lot of people think I'm not a runner or I can't be a runner or there's no way I would do that. But if you have the right tools to get started and the right mindset going in, it really can change your life. And it's something that you can stick with lifelong. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be running, you know, but, but fitness in general just how, how good it makes everyone feel and what it brings to our lives. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure you find a lot of great, uh, you know, positive feedback, um, you know, from your community. Um, has this changed, uh, has this changed your career a little bit? Um, like how has it, you know, been different for you working as a pediatrician? Um, you know, does your patients, you know, know about what you do? Do you actively incorporate it, um, into your practice? Um, so I started working with the Girls on the Run program uh, last year. I actually worked with the Stride program, which is the similar similar curriculum, but for the boys. So it's a program for elementary uh, school boys, uh, third through fifth grade. And at the end of the, they have a fall, kind of a fall <laughs> semester and a spring semester. And then we run a 5K at the end of that. And it's combined with Girls on the Run. So I've worked with both. And I think, um, I mean, that's been really rewarding for me to just be able to share 
the sport with the kids and get them moving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I do, I do kind of promote being involved in girls on the run and stride um, to my patients, but um, I don't, I don't actively tell them that I am a, a running coach and have this whole <laughs> side sort of side business and passion mm -hmm. project, but I'm mostly working with, you know, I'm mostly working with adults. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. And um, I would say, yeah, I, I think I lost some parts of myself in medical school and residency. And I'm finally feeling that now that I have found <laughs> that this is really feeding my passion, that I, I am more my authentic self and who I was in college and very open to new experiences and kind of taking advantage of everything that, mm. that was there. And I feel like I'm finally getting into a groove with, <laughs> with it. And it's really, I think it's helped me to really show up as a better clinician and pediatrician when I'm in my clinical role, because sure. I'm able to kind of develop this, which is just, you know, it's important, I think, for all of us in medicine that we we give ourselves a bit of time and go inward and kind of find our passion if we feel like we have lost it or don't know what it is. And I think that might go a long way toward preventing burnout. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've, uh, you've touched upon this uh, a little bit before. Um, and I think of physician burnout and wellness is, um, you know, nowadays more of a hot topic, but I felt, I feel like, you know, it's something that has not been talked about and something that's kind of been brewing under the surface for many, many, many years, in my opinion. Um, and we just haven't really found a nice foundation or infrastructure, or maybe the entire system needs to change in terms of being able to, you know, prevent it, right? So, yeah. you know, what did you feel? I want to touch upon it a little bit more, because I think it'd be great for our audience uh, members, which many of them are actually, you know, healthcare providers as well. Um, what did you feel um, during medical school um, during that time? Like, what was it that was lost? You, you have mentioned, you know, something was lost um, during that time. Yeah, I would say that probably um, once I finished my residency and started my first job as an attending, I felt I was very tired all the time. And I used to joke to my husband that I was sleeping so much because I had to make up for all of the lost sleep from residency. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was right either. But I think just the the stress of um, of work on a day to day basis and switching. My first job was um, shift work and I was switching back and forth from days to nights. And I'm sure that that contributed to the fatigue as well. But I felt like when I was not at work, I was not able to really unwind or relax or, yeah. I mean, I think when I was teaching my Zumba class, that was a great outlet and fitness and exercise has always been a great outlet for me, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it's very hard for me to kind of turn off <laughs> once I'm no longer at the hospital and, and I was taking a lot of things home with me figuratively. <laughs> mm. And, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I would say fatigue was a big one. And then 
also just, um, I felt like I was, I was going to work, I was showing up, but I wasn't really showing up. You know, I was doing my job and I was there, but I, I wasn't loving it. I, I didn't feel a passion for it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it wasn't going to be sustainable. Like I could look, you know, into the future and think, I'm not sure if I can be doing this 20 years from now, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit of a scary thought when you have put so much time and and money and effort and studying and (laughs) this is what this is what you wanted, you know, and you get there and you're maybe feel like you should have arrived somehow. But once you get to that point, um, you know, maybe it wasn't what you expected. Right. And that's okay. But I think now, now I can see that I, I have found my love for taking care of kids again. Mm. Um, and I think developing the the other <laughs> sides of my life when I'm not at work has really helped to be able to, to help me while I'm at work, actually. So mm-hmm. I don't I, I think I can I can see the longevity in the career now, which is really great, because maybe a year or two ago, I really couldn't. So that's been a huge, a huge change for me, which is fabulous. Now, did you, uh, are you um, being employed through a health group or do you own your own practice? Oh, no, I work for um, a hospital. So I'm a a pediatric hospitalist. And Mm. so I work, um, I do mostly inpatient work and Mm. I do work shifts, but um, a lot less flipping around from days to nights than I have in the Mm. past at a previous job. So that's been helpful. Mm. And um, when did you, I'm just curious, uh, when you first started off as an attending for our um, audience members, that's mm-hmm. that's the title uh, <laughs> when you're an official <laughs> doctor practicing on their own. Um, but when did you first start it, um, you know, when you first had your job and then um, when you had that realization, oh man, you know, I don't, I'm not foreseeing like a very, very long um, trajectory for this if it kept going um, in this route of burnout? Yeah, I so I started my first job in um, as an attending in 2012, the summer of 2012. And mm-hmm. all of that, um, everything going on with my dad was kind of unraveling at that time. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, I thought I just need to give myself some time. I'm new, you know, I'm new at this, I'm just out of residency. And there was a lot of other things going on in my life. So I did want to give myself time. I thought maybe it was just the whole, (laughs) the whole situation contributing to it. And um, I stayed in that role for three years before I uh, switched jobs and and in my current role. But I think it's like you said, I think that burnout has been brewing under the surface for a while. And I don't really remember many people or certainly not my colleagues talking about it in 2012 and, mm-hmm. you know, 2012 through 2015, I felt like I was dealing with a lot on my own mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to my husband and my family about it, but I didn't feel comfortable to talk about it with my colleagues or anyone at work. And that's changed a little bit now, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for, I would say burnout, uh, we've had, um, you know, I've been following, uh you know, burnout for a while. And um, I think it's not so much of 
you know, working to exhaustion as so much as, you know, losing the love and passion, you know, along the way, yes. right? Because yes. it's so inundated with, um, you know, the volume, the production, needing to meet metrics, um, you know, administrative duties, you know, maybe politics, you know, behind the scenes, you know, that a lot of our patients are not aware of. And um, in a way, you know, I kind of felt, you know, personally, uh, residency school was kind of, you know, almost like rushing for a frat or, you know, for a sorority, <laughs> right? And we understood it culturally and traditionally, it's kind of, you know, almost similar to like, I would hate to say a hazing process, but you're mm -hmm. meant to have this mentality of, you know, no pain, no gain type of mentality. And, you know, you see so many other colleagues and your peers going through the same thing and then your predecessors. So you're just, you know, saying to yourself, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. But I think a light bulb hits um, at least um, more millennial docs where, you know, you're able to see, at least when I first started, I, when I started my career, I was a traveling physician. I was a, a, a locum tenens. Um, mm -hmm. And so I noticed it way early on. And I said to myself, um, you know, I want to be able to, uh, you know, have a, you know, good enough work-life balance um, so I can be functional um, you know, not only just minimally functionally, but thriving, right? Yes, that's why yes, I love, exactly. That's why, that's why I love the concept in the word thriving, um, not only as a person, but as a professional, you know, because mm -hmm. self-care is so important and it's not really taught in our school curriculum. Um, I would probably say at every stage, not just medical school, you know, it's not something that's really talked about or really emphasized or really, you know, e uh, uh, educated about. So, um, so I totally resonate with what you're saying um, in terms of, you know, needing to find that passion again and um, needing to implement that for yourself. So you have some sort of love to be able to convey um, for your clients and patients. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of us, you know, we went into medicine to, to help people. Right. <laughs> and I think being, um, going into it as a running coach, I'm, I'm helping people in a different way. And I, I guess it took me a while to realize that there were other ways that I could help people in just, than just my clinical role as a pediatrician. And so that it's just been a really wonderful and eye opening <laughs> a year or two, I would say um, yeah. with this whole journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so going off of that, you know, for healthcare professionals um, that are listening in, um, what can you say? Because I, I think you also help busy professionals as well. Um, you know, what can you say? You know, what are some tips on how to get started in terms of, you know, I'm a working professional, whether in the healthcare system or not in the healthcare system, and, you know, I just want to start physical activity, or I just want to start my exercise regimen. It's a new year. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, how do I get started? You know, what would you say for newcomers like that? Yeah, I would say um, the first thing, you, you actually don't need any equipment except a pen and paper. <laughs> so you don't need to go buy a gym membership or sneakers yet. But I always, um, a big part of my program is to help people to find their why. So I always suggest that they start, maybe get a journal if, if you feel like it, or you could always just type it in your computer, but um, answer a couple of questions, which would be one, what is my motivation for fitness? 
Um, two, what is my goal? And three, why do I want to achieve this goal? And you don't need to spend a, a long amount of time on it, maybe just five or 10 minutes, but just jot down kind of a, a starting point as to finding your why and why you want to do it. And it'll, it'll come into play later. But um, the next thing I would say is that at least, well, with any fitness routine, but definitely with running, I always advise um, starting low and going slow. <laughs> so when I started running, I think I tried to go farther and faster every time I went out there because I thought I was doing it right. And, you know, it really, it wasn't much fun and I wasn't getting any faster. And I think that that contributed to my giving up a lot of times before I really stuck with it. So I always tell people to start low and just set set a very attainable goal. Something like I will exercise for 10 minutes two to three times a week. I mean, truly, that's how I, I started running just a couple of times a week for a short period of time. And this way, you can incorporate it into a busy schedule without it being a, a burden, you know, viewing it as a burden. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people I have a lot of colleagues who uh, they love, you know, different forms of exercise, maybe a spin class or swimming or group exercise classes and things like that. And they do have a goal of maybe running a half marathon or a race of some sort, and they don't know how they're going to fit running into their already busy fitness schedule with the thing that they already like to do. So for that, I suggest just adding, doing like a 10 minute warm up jog before their other form of exercise and work it in that way. And then Mm. the other piece of that was uh, go slow. (laughs) And by that, I mean, um, sort of find your easy pace. So a pace that you can keep a conversation. If you were running with someone with a buddy, you could have a conversation without huffing and puffing. Or if you're by yourself, you know, you want to be able to say a nursery rhyme or belt out uh, born to run, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But basically, you know, that might be so slow that you're walking and that's okay. And I try to kind of help people through that, that your easy pace might be just a little bit faster than walking when you first start out. And that's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third tip I would say is be consistent. That's really what leads to lasting change and what kind of helps our, our brains the most. So if we set you know a very attainable goal and we keep it up for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks turns into a couple of months. And before you know it, it's, it's a habit and you and we like it. <laughs> and so we stick with it. So mm-hmm. that's usually how I help. I'm, I think it is hard because we have so many, so many different things we're doing and com- competing, uh, you know, work and family and just or we don't. Distractions. <laughs> yeah, a lot of distractions. Actually, you're right. I tell people that too, that, um, you know, even if we commit, let's just say 20 minutes a couple of times a week for exercise, we probably spend more time scrolling on social media or waiting in like the Starbucks drive through line, I would argue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And so if you think about it like that, I feel like, you know, it's, it's less easy to make an excuse because it's just 20 minutes, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Those are great tips uh, to, to really, you know, get started Um, because I always, you know, it's a new year, but, you know, for my, you know, busy practice, it's, um, you know, you always, 
I always try to implement um, or ask the patient their status level in terms of physical activity. You know, like where are we at? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your goals? You know, Mm -hmm. why are we doing this? Um, And what do you want to achieve? Right. For most people, weight loss for, you know, others is, you know, long term health. And, you know, um, whatever the reason is, is I say to them, you know what? I personally love walking, right? Um, yeah. And a traveling is a big passion of mine. So walking is literally the the best way to explore something, right? Because I think yes. we just went from, you know, if you follow the evolution of man, um, you know, we've been nomadic, you know, we just traveled to earth. And now we sit, you know, more hours, you know, than, than anything, you know what I'm saying? Probably more hours than, more hours than we sleep probably. Um, and, um, so it's, uh, it's important to really get back in there. And I think if you add in, um, kind of like the beauty of exploration. So I tell them, Hey, why don't we try exploring a different neighborhood or exploring a different block or, you know, uh, sign up for a race. You know, I love, uh, pairing racing with traveling because there's, yes. there's a purpose with it, right? You do. I, I know you go, uh, do you have like a goal to hit every type of Disney race in the world or something? <laughs> <like that? laughs> I know I many don't. people do. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to say if that is a goal, if my husband, husband is listening because he's not a huge fan of Mickey, but I do. <laughs> what did Mickey <laughs> <No>. do to him? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but um, he, you know, he likes to travel. We both love to travel. And besides uh, Disney races, we, our first real destination race, we went to Monterey actually. And that is a beautiful course, that half marathon course. Oh my goodness. And, uh, but we like to do that too. We like to pair a uh, vacation and travel with a race. And it's just, like you said, it's a great way to see a new area. And honestly, walking around the neighborhood, you'll, you'll notice things in your own neighborhood that you never really knew before. I now know where all of the uh, mailboxes are. Like sometimes <laughs> I go, <laughs> I actually go on a run and uh, mail my mail, which is very funny. But, um, but yeah, you notice things about your neighborhood, or even if you're traveling for work, and you go out for a walk or a run, it's just a great way to see a new a new place. And I right. think you're right. We definitely have our noses in technology and our phones and the computer and we're just not really getting up and around as much as we used to, which is a shame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So this has been great, uh, Michelle. Um, I definitely want to close out. I love asking my guests, um, how do they personally thrive? And obviously, from you know the course of this uh, episode, we've learned a lot about you and you know why you're so passionate. Um, are there other things in your life that you have a daily practice for besides running? Um, you know, a, a specific routine. Um, is there other types of you know people or something in your life that continues to kind of fuel you? You know, to kind of get you up in the morning. The, the reason for being, you know, why you do for uh, what you do? Yeah, I I have started, um, in addition to fitness and running, I've started a more regular um, meditation routine, just a couple of minutes in the morning, I started using the Headspace app. Mm. And uh, my husband has been doing that for quite a while. And we both have noticed uh, a difference in our lives and kind of starting the morning off with that and just setting your mind in in the right place and being grateful to put my feet on the ground in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of a daily practice. And I don't exercise every day. I mean, I take rest days and but I like to move, move my body at 
at least a little bit every day, even if that just means taking the stairs at work, um, <laughs> you know, parking really far from mm-hmm. the front door of the hospital. Same, same, um, same. Just, just to be able to get, if I'm working a 12 hour shift, I know that I'm probably not going to wake up extra early to go for a run, although I have, you know, but, but most days I don't. And by the time I get home at night, I might be a little bit too tired. So just even s- simple things like that, taking the stairs, parking far away, um, or just doing some yoga in my living room. Mm. I mean, that also helps. But yes. I think uh, what makes me thrive, really listening to, I have a lot of curiosity, I think, and listening to that and following it and always learning. I think mm. that's really, really helped. And that I always want to push myself toward goals that I previously thought were impossible. I mean, I, I never thought I would run a half marathon, let alone a couple of marathons and just really <laughs> finding out I have so much curiosity and, and following that and pushing myself toward goals. I think that's what, what makes me thrive and, and the support of my, my family and friends, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's beautifully uh, said. And I love the, I love the curiosity part, especially, um, you know, if you don't, if you, you don't remain curious, you know, if you don't remain wondering, you know, I mean, as healthcare professionals, we have that um, eternal learning, right? But sometimes yeah. it, I kind of feel that it's almost set up in a way where you kind of have to learn, you know, to be able to yes. continue your continuing <laughs> medical education units, right, to maintain the certification. But, you know, I think what you and I are referring to is more about the curiosity and wonder of just life in general, right? Because there's yes. so much about ourselves, um, so much about the human body, so much about the world that we live in that we just don't know, or we have a lot of room for improvement in terms of making it um, better than when we step foot onto earth, right? So it's really about um, maintaining that curiosity because, you know, if we have that, we continue to explore. And then if we, if we continue to explore, then we could, um, you know, just uh, make ourselves better than where we were yesterday and thereby help others as well. Oh, I love that. That's right. <laughs> so, um, where is your next race? Oh, well, I am currently resting. I just, uh, completed my second marathon with in Disney. <laughs> nice. And actually my husband ran it. That was his first marathon. So he's oh, now nice. a marathoner too. Nice. So we're kind of, uh, we're resting and regrouping. The Broad Street Run is in May and that's always really fun. So we uh-huh. might enter the lottery for that. But uh-huh. I actually, I don't have anything on the calendar yet. So I'm still regrouping and trying to uh, figure that out, but I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, definitely. And tell your husband, I said, good job. (laughs) Oh, I will. I will. Um, uh, So for those of the audience that are wanting to learn more about you and want to reach out, where can they find you? Oh, um, you can find uh, my website, which is mindful-marathon.com, the little dash sign. (laughs) I'm on Facebook at Mindful Marathon. And I'm on Instagram, though not not that much, but um, the, the handle there is mindful.marathon. But I'm happy to, if, if anyone wants to reach out and email me through the website, I am available to talk about running anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's great. Her website is uh, beautifully laid out and, you know, she has uh, resources, obviously her own, you know, coaching program and, you know, definitely... Um, 
you know, I'm sure Michelle and I would want to advocate, you know, just getting out there, just start somewhere, start with the first step. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. So being an avid runner myself. So um, thank you, Michelle, for being on the show. Um, I really appreciate, you know, you um, as a person and uh, your uh, allowing us to share your time and um, experience and wisdom um, through this episode. So Oh, thanks so much for having me, Colin. It was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening on. Um, If you like uh, what you hear, please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast. And we will, uh, you know, see you on the next episode. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.